Hi, I'm Paul Shepard and welcome to the Mindset Change Podcast, where changing your mindset can literally change your life in ways you can't imagine. Today, I'm very excited because I have on the show Sam Higgins, who is the CEO and co-founder of New Mind Wellness, the UK's first all-in-one stress support formula. Sam and his brother Will first launched New Mind after years of battling with anxiety and are on a mission to help those with similar struggles live happier and healthier lives. Welcome, Sam. Thank you so How much you? for having us on the show. This is the first time we've done this, so uh, it's very exciting. No, it's, it's good to have you here because I've talked about your product quite a lot. Um, but what I'm more interested in, when we first spoke, we had a chat about how you created this, uh, how you created New Mind. So we're going to touch on that in a little bit. But as it's a mindset change show, I wanted to ask you the question of what does mindset change mean to you? And, you know, how has it affected you and your journey? Yeah, I think... Um... I think it's an interesting question. I think mindset is all about, you know, how you view the world, what you find important. And then more specifically to to mindset change in my journey with anxiety, I think, um, you know, when people enter this horrible world of, you know, anxiety and they, they originally, uh, their anxiety triggers, their mindset completely shifts to one of survival. It's a question of, how can they get through the week? How can they get through the day? What can they do to make these feelings never happen again? How can they run away from their triggers um, and avoid, you know, feeling those feelings and experiencing those those you know emotions? Um, and then I kind of talk about it as like a spiral. When you first get triggered and you spiral down, eventually you get to a place where your mindset shifts again, and that's to a place of you know I will do anything possible to fix how I'm feeling and to make myself feel better and then it's just really a honestly a relentless relentless journey of trial and error of experimentation of doing anything possible um to make yourself feel better and then with that same spiral you you complete the first level of of, of you know breaking down your trigger into a small thing and then your mindset change shifts again and you realize oh wow I can do this and then eventually you look back and you you've done all the levels uh, and you look back at what originally triggers you and your, your mindset shifts again, and you just think, you know, some of those things are so silly, but I've come so far. Um, and, you know, you've got a lot of empathy for, mm. for people in, uh, in their earlier stage of their journey. Um, no, I, I can relate to everything you've just said with my own anxiety journey. Um, so I wanted to, obviously you've been through quite a lot by the sounds of it. So take me back to... How did you know you had anxiety? What happened to you, Sam? Where do we go back to? Um, so I think starting back from like my childhood, I was always that kid where, um, you know, I'd be kicking and screaming, going, Mom, I don't want to go to this party. I don't want to go. I hate it. Like I, all these things. And then uh, I would go and I'd have the best time ever. And that's kind of been a recurring theme. Like I was always quite a shy, uh, timid kid. And I'd get there and I'd have the best time ever. And then kind of going through school, it was pretty similar, um, but, you know, I was one of those kids that did, I did well in school, but I did well in the very last segment where you had to revise for exams. And I spent pretty much the whole year um, failing tests, getting asked questions and not knowing what the answer was and just feeling stupid and getting embarrassed in front of groups of people, uh, having to do presentations and doing no prep and having one slide and standing up in front of everyone and just going, uh, 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 I've got nothing to say. 
Um, and I think that, you know, that always made me really anxious. Um, but where my anxiety really kind of exploded um, was when I went to university. I think, you know, university is set up in, or, you know, you're, you're quite immature and set up in a way that everyone's drinking way too much. They're not sleeping. They're incredibly stressed. And, you know, I had this massive group of friends or people that I would speak to. And then I had this terrible fear of bumping into them because I didn't know them very well. So it was just horrible small talk all the time, all the time. And I remember being so scared about that. And then one day after probably a few nights out, we were in a bit of a bad state. Your body's in a bad state. I triggered my first panic attack. I can't remember exactly what happened. Um, I think my mind's trying to protect me and erase it from from my memory as much as possible. But from that moment where I had that panic attack and those feelings of, of you know, my throat closing up, disassociating from my body, having this sort of third person view of myself, um, breathing, heart rate, redness, flushed. Like I thought I was going to just cry and break down. Um, and then from that point when that first original feeling was triggered, it just it just spread like wildfire. Um, it got so bad I couldn't look anybody in the eye. Um, then in my third year of uni, I had to do a placement. So a pretty serious placement. I worked for Warner, Bro Warner Brothers, the movie uh, company, working with the Harry Potter team. And they were incredibly, um, you know, incredibly driven, incredibly high performing. And it was like, a if you make a mistake, you, you get in trouble. Um, and I spent that whole year in absolute fear, panic attacks literally every day, um, just because of the pressure of it all. Uh, you know, sitting in meetings of loads of people who are, you know, big dogs, people who are um, higher level than yourself and you kind of look up to them, you feel like you're the bottom of the, the food chain. And I remember having to speak in front of them and present and it used to absolutely cripple me. I used to come home so drained of energy, so tired. And I was always like, and I still am always the one who my friends refer to as the guy who sleeps a lot. And that's because all this adrenaline just gets dumped out of my body, like on a constant basis. Um it got to a stage where it was so bad that I used to like get so terrified before coming back to see my family. I couldn't look myself in the mirror because the eye contact used to freak me out too much. Um, and then, you know, as I talked about before with that spiral, I got to a point where I just had had enough. It was like, I can't go any lower. I just hated everything. Um, and that's when, you know, I started to do everything, experiment with everything to try to find ways to, you know, not feel like this. Uh, counseling, hundreds of hours of counseling, therapy, hypnotherapy. Um, I discovered I was always into the, my gym and fitness, but I absolutely ramped up completely. Um, gym, understanding my nutrition, how to eat better, understanding how to sleep, um, and how to and how to have a higher quality of sleep. Um, what else did I do? Cardio. Cardio was the biggest thing ever for me. I think. Um, understanding that raising your heart rate is extremely beneficial for you, putting you in that sort of mimicked fight or flight situation and then being able to bring your heart rate down yourself um, was super important. Um, and I obviously uh, discovered um, supplements at that time. And then, yeah, I think it was just, it was just time. It was time that healed, uh, healed me. It was getting my body in the best possible position to be managing the stresses that I had it was understanding my mental health and like the road to recovery. Um, and yeah, it was just being finally comfortable being uncomfortable, uh, if that makes sense. And then sort of, yeah, hitting that first level, mm -hmm. as I explained, breaking down your problem to small manageable things, doing those over a certain period of time. And then 
yeah, eight years down, and I feel I'm at that near the near the top. We'll say uh, I don't think we're ever going to be at the top top anymore. Um, but I still I still get anxious. Um, I still have the occasional panic attack. But you know, it's who I am now, and I've learned to you know live with it. But it sounds like you took quite a. It sounds like quite a journey. You took what sounds just listening to the holistic, uh, holistic approach where you looked at the bigger picture. Because a lot of people just tend to focus on talking things out. And, you know, when I had therapy, that it, it, no one ever mentioned supplements or exercise or breathing or anything like that. They just said, you know, what are you worried about? Uh, how did therapy go for you? So therapy was interesting. I think I found the first sort of block of therapy really helpful when, you know, they were educating me about, you know, things I can do to help myself, um, what's really happening on a physiological uh, level to my body and why I'm experiencing these feelings, put it into perspective, really. Um, and then, you know, I, I didn't really get on with the end of it. I thought that it was a bit of a waste of time. Um, and I could, I think by that point, I'd already done the first level of getting to the stage where I had done the thing that originally triggered me the most. Um, and then I knew the path that I needed to take. I knew it was just, it was going to be horrible. It was going to suck. But I knew what I had to do to get better. And that was not a case of talking to someone. It was a case of, you know, going out there and doing things, going out there. So my anxiety was social, going out there and meeting more people, presenting in front of more people and just breaking it down bit by bit. Um, but I recommend therapy to anyone who hasn't done it and who's struggling. 100%. It's, it's an amazing tool that can be used. No, no, no. It's, it's definitely got its place. But do you feel that, you know, you, obviously you then pushed yourself to take that path where you broke it down bit by bit. Were you given any tools or strategies in regards to helping you with that? Or did you just have to find your way? I think there's so many things out there like CBT and all that kind of stuff. Um, I used mm -hmm. to, I think, honestly, I think the wellness and the cardio was the biggest thing for me that helped me get over it. I think I was doing so much physical activity that my body was in such a tired, knackered state that it just couldn't get as elevated as it used to. I was always, you know, trying to find ways to burn off excess energy. Um, that massively helped. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of just like fell into the bit where I started experimenting and, and you know, doing those bits that, you know, led in that ladder upwards to healing myself by, you know, if you have social anxiety and you're a social person, you have to, you have to go out and you have to do these things. You can't not do them. And I think, after I did it the first time and I realized, oh, you know what? I didn't get that triggered response. That was interesting. I can do it. And then from there, you just build from there. Yeah, so it sounds like you're, you created a new narrative for yourself when you experienced something positive about, anxiety, you know, about a situation which your brain tried to trick you into believing was going to turn out terrible for you. Um, so you created a whole yeah. new positive narrative for yourself by the sounds of things. Yeah, I think that's one of the, the main things is that you have to come to the realization that your body is uh, is responding as if someone is holding a gun to your head or a lion is chasing you and you're in that pure, you know, uh, ancient fight or flight mechanic whereby you just want to run. And uh, if you don't experience, mm -hmm. if you don't run, you, you get all these horrible symptoms. Um, but when you finally come to the realization that, you know, this is just my mind tricking me. There's no one holding a gun, or at least I hope so. And there's no lion chasing me. Then you know it's all in your head. And then from that point, you can slowly start to build out from there. Yeah, it's um, 
It's something that I tell clients is that there's no fucking tiger. <laughs> and it makes them laugh. Yeah, exactly. They don't expect me to none. swear, but also at the same time, at the same time, it's, there's no tiger. Yeah. You know, it's, and again, it just stands out in their minds that, you know, they're not in danger. But the brain is, is acting as if it is, it's creating that false alarm. So, uh, so what do you think motivated and drove you to heal yourself? What was it about you that did that, do you think? What motivated me to heal myself? I think, um, I think it, was, it was honestly just pure survival. I got to the point where it couldn't get any worse. It, I couldn't get any lower. I was so, so, uh, I was in such a hole. And I would do, literally, as I said, I would literally do anything to not feel that, to not get triggered by that, to go back to what I perceived normal. Um, Obviously, now I know being in the anxiety world, that, that that's never the case. Everyone experiences these things, but maybe less people speak about them. And the motivation came from I had to, it's, things had to change. They had to change. I couldn't, I couldn't function like that anymore. Um, and I would honestly, as I said, do anything. As it, was there anything that held you back? Did you self-sabotage yourself at any points? Did you try and keep your anxiety? That can be quite common. Uh, definitely. I would, I would never have liked to have kept my anxiety. Um, the self-sabotage thing, you know, I am a relatively young person. I think uh, I live in London and I think there is a massive drinking culture of people these days, uh, especially in my sort of age demographic. And that is one of the biggest things that can halt people's um, healing process. Alcohol is, is tremendously bad for 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 you and for people with anxiety. You know, people have coined the term anxiety, and that's pretty, pretty much been coined for people who don't have uh, anxiety on a day to day basis because the effects of alcohol can give you that sort of you know response. And you know that would going drinking would ruin me for for days and weeks, and it, it was really counterproductive to to the wellness journey that I was trying to do, but all your friends are doing it. So you're trying to be social and, you know, conquer this social anxiety, but, um, but everyone's doing the thing that you don't want to do, which is hard, but you know. So do you still drink much or have you cut right down or do you not drink at all? Where are you on that? Yeah. I'm one of the, uh, the boring friends as I, as I get called quite often, but that's absolutely fine to be like that. I don't drink that often. Um, once a month, probably, um, once a month. Probably, yeah. But it's, it's interesting, isn't it, that there's a label of being boring because you don't want to, you know, drink something, which is a depressant. It's, you know, I get more calls for help on a Monday and Tuesday because people have got, you know, anxiety um, from from the weekend yeah, yeah. partying. Um, and it can have an impact for days. I don't think that's boring, but there is a label, isn't there? That if you don't drink very much, then you're somehow a party pooper, which is, you know, it's a terrible cultural label that we sometimes subscribe to and try to be compliant with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's hard because you're you're trying to heal yourself. Uh, people don't necessarily understand what you're going through. I think if people have never exp experienced anxiety or panic attack disorder, um, they find it so trivial that you could stand up in front of someone and then get these feelings that they can't comprehend it, um, which makes it really hard. It makes it really hard. People can't really put themselves in your shoes. Um, and yeah, people, you know, I get labeled boring all the time for not wanting to go out and drink till X, X o'clock in the morning. And I want to, you know, go and sort my life out. And 
hopefully heal myself but i think with with maturity comes understanding and you know as people get older they understand that that's not boring it's just what what they've chosen to do um and you know i don't i don't care if anyone calls me boring anymore it's 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 what it is yeah good as i said but but they're not the how many of your friends are the ceo of a successful company because you're gonna need your brain Uh, for that not many yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's very, like, very so tired. So, so, trying to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I did a podcast episode called Is Your Average Life Making You Anxious? And I think when people become compliant and stick to this average life where they do what everyone else is doing averagely, um, they keep themselves in a place in life which can make them feel anxious and depressed and disconnected to themselves. But you, your anxiety journey 100%. took you not to live, live uh, not to living an average life. You created a company to help people with anxiety. So tell me, how did that come about? I think you know, when I was going through that period of experimentation, I was trying everything, um, and I was at the point I was so low. My mum would have to go into the local health food shop in Guildford, where I live. Um, and go and ask them because I, I couldn't do it myself. Um, and she'd go in and she'd, she'd ask them, oh, so what? my son's got anxiety, what should, what should he take? And they would just do the stuff, the classic stuff, which they do today. Take some magnesium, take some ashwagandha, do this, do that, maybe some L-theanine, don't drink coffee, eat, eat clean. And I would come, my mum would come home and give it to me and there would be like 10, 10 different uh, glass jars or 10 different things. And they yeah. were all called these absolutely yeah. wa- wacky names wacky names and I had no idea what they did I had no idea you know what they what they were and I had this cupboard that was a mounting on top of each other of just stuff in there that I had no idea what it did and um it was extremely extremely expensive I was spending hundreds of pounds um every month on supplements just trying new things um I Mm. think it's pretty sad that stress and anxiety is one of the biggest biggest issues in the world and the stress category for supplements has never been really done properly. Um, so we, we saw a market. We saw there was an opportunity there. We, know, we wanted to give people the one product that they need to buy for stress, teach them about all the ingredients. Uh, we wanted to cost them a significant, significant amount less than they would if they were to buy it individually. Um, mm. And, yeah, when I actually left university, I, um, I worked for a supplement company and then got the experience there. I was lucky enough that I had all the contacts. I had all of the people in certain you know, fields of nutrition, exercise, counseling that I could partner with to bring with me on this journey. Um, and I think going back to my life in the corporate world and after uni, I hated it so much. I hated answering for someone else. I hated being the lowest uh, in the room and just that feeling of anxiety and dread on Sundays on Mondays and Tuesdays about going in and having to speak with people. I wanted to be my own boss and it just seemed like a natural progression really. Um, and we, yeah, we started this mission and our mission was if we can help one person, if we can just have one person with stress or anxiety, uh, get out of their rut and, you know, feel better and improve their life and, you know, get things back on track then we've done our job. Um, and yeah, that was the start. And we're, we're only six months in, so we're still very new, still baby company, but we're helping a lot of people and the testimonies we get are amazing. So living the dream, honestly, um, it's, it's been, it's been really good. Well, yeah. That, yeah I, I, 
Well, when you contacted me, I was like, finally, finally, because I said it. So you talked about, um, I'll show you the product that uh, so it comes in a lovely little tub like this. Um, but you're right. I, I did laugh when you talked about all those tubs. Yeah. <laughs> you talked about all those tubs. Um, I still have remnants of them where, again, it's, you know, I love, I love exploring supplements. I love exploring what they can do for the mind and what they can do for the body. I love looking at the holistic approach to it. And that's just one part of it. But I had tubs and tubs of stuff, which everyone said, you should take this. This is really good. Um, but it, it costs a fortune, literally. That was the, the thing. And it takes forever to, so to, screw, to screw and, and to take them. And yours is literally, that's, I did a video on it. You, you, I think that you saw that. But it was, it was just this little thing. This little thing. I can't open it because I've already taken mine today, so I'm going to do one tomorrow. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so what made you, what, so what made you think, so what, 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 how did it end up like this tiny little thing, this little sachet? No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, as I said, you know, you know, as you rightly said just then, so many jars in the cupboard. We wanted to make it simple, convenient. We wanted to have uh, all of the quality ingredients that we perceive to help people. Um, to give you sort of a bit, bit of background about how we came up with the formula, um, we went back and looked at all of the data on Scopus and, and pretty much every single uh, literature uh, platform there was out there. Um, there are thousands and thousands and thousands of articles on thousands mm. of ingredients. And we shortlisted them to 23 ingredients um, with all of the ones that had the best results. Uh, we took the scientific dosages based on the literature and then we took it to a, um, a professional product formulator and registered nutritionist, an amazing, amazing lady called Shona Wilkinson. Um, she's done some really cool uh, brands out there, Dr. Vegan, uh, Wild Alaska Fish Oil. I'm sure many of your listeners will have, will have heard of them. Um, mm. Took it to her and we said, is this formula good? Please, can you help us tweak and change it and make it better? Um, and yeah, she did that. And that's where we, we've ended up today um, to give you, a, your listeners and viewers, an insight. So in the tube, you get, this is the tube, you get 30 daily sachets. In the 30 daily sachets, you get five, I don't know if you can see this, five capsules. Uh, capsule one is a yeah. high-strength multivitamin. Two, two and three are high-strength magnesium. Um, and obviously the best form of magnesium, you know, loads of companies out there are pumping out magnesium like citrate and oxide, which are basically used as laxatives yeah, yeah. In, in hospitals to make people go to the toilet. <laughs> um, but it's the cheapest form, so companies can get away, for, away with it. So we wanted to have the best form. Uh, based on the literature and then uh, capsule four and five um, your more holistic stuff so four is uh is an adaptation blend so things that help counteract the negative effects of stress on the body things like ashwagandha procopi monieri rhodia rosea and then the final capsule is more uh your your traditional flower remedies so things like lavender chamomile passion flower l-theanine i know you like that one a lot um and things that have been yes, used in thousands of yes, years of healing yeah, so they've been mm. using thousands oh, of years. You mentioned some of those. Yeah. Sorry, oh, I just said this. The ones that you just mentioned, the flower essences, they, uh, they raise your GABA levels. And GABA slows down activity in the brain and nervous system. So when I found out that I wish I'd had a product like this when I was um, had anxiety, that nothing, there was no information like this out there. 
But just knowing these things, I mean, yoga also increases GABA, exercise increases GABA, but we can also get it from supplements, supplements too. So it's such an important part, I feel, of uh, helping someone who's got anxiety and stress. And you managed to capture it all in one tiny little sachet. So that's quite the feat. We did our best. Uh, this is why I'm so impressed um, with your brand. And you're also, uh, how, are you, how are you going with your goal to plant 1,000 trees? Because that's what, if you buy a tub, is that a, a tub plants a tree? Is that, how does it go? Is that what happens or? Uh, a tub, a tub, a tub. So basically to, to give you some context, um, we have three real yeah. main key pillars of the business. So obviously the amazing product side yeah. um, and the people side yeah. is one of the most important factors. And, you know, we know that um, as we've already spoken about, a natural supplement isn't going to cure someone with stress and anxiety. But what we want to do is we want to put people yeah. in the most optimal position for managing their daily stresses. Um, so on our website, we've had some amazing free guides on nutrition, exercise, and understanding your mental health um, and some and the road to recovery um, all on our website for free. So that's kind of part and parcel with the supplements. Um, and then the final part was we we didn't want to be a classic company whereby they take from the earth, they give nothing back, and it, it's just all plastic and pollution. Um, so we partner with some amazing charities. So the first one is called 1% for the Planet. So we pledge to give 1% of our annual revenue uh, to supporting uh, amazing grassroots charities. Okay. And the first one, which you just mentioned, is yeah. uh, called One Tree Planted. So they plant trees in vulnerable areas across the globe. Um, so we've planted a few hundred. Um, we're, we're almost halfway to our 1,000 goal. Uh, we've got a long time left uh, for the end of the year, so we're we're definitely going to hit yeah. that. I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, Good. we just want to do our bit for for the world, really, and people. I, 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 as I said, when um, I, I did some research on your brand, it was nice to see some, you know, not so much plastic. Everything's recyclable, so that's very that's as I said. It. So it's, um, the links for the um, for the product will be in the show notes, uh, so people will be able to. To have a look at that and uh you very kindly as, a, as you're working with uh the mindset change show uh giving listeners a 20 percent discount if they use the code paul20 in the checkout box so uh so please do use it um help get more trees planted but also at the same time help your body manage stress and anxiety in a different way it can't just all be about focusing on the mind and talking about it your body needs help too and this is one way to do that um, and talking about the body, um, you recently did, you recently came to Brighton. Um, I would have come to cheer you on, but I had COVID yep. at the time, so I had to, to isolate. That's so good. Uh, but I was going to come and see you. And yeah, uh, but you did the Brighton Marathon. How was it? And what went on for you? It's uh, for anyone who, um, who hasn't done a marathon yet and is thinking of doing one, please, please do the proper training. <laughs> um, we, we really neglected that, and it came to uh, it came to bite us uh, in the backside. Um, it was possibly the hardest physical and mental journey that we've gone on. Um, it, it was it was so hard. It was honestly so hard. Um, the whole New Mind Wellness team did it to raise money for um, a charity called the Stress Management Society, um, for, to support their program, uh, teaching uh, young people about the resilience. Um, that they can build and, you know, how they can deal with stresses in, in their you know, later years. So an amazing charity, amazing initiative. Um, all the team and, and friends uh, and my lovely girlfriend, we, we all did it. 
we had to fly to Croatia on a, for a holiday after to have some relaxation. Uh, my co-founder, uh, partner and, and amazing brother, he, uh, he actually flew out in a wheelchair because he had done no training uh, and he had to be rolled through the airport because he couldn't walk. Uh, but, you know, everyone <laughs> pulled together. Everyone got it done. Everyone got it done. Yeah. Um, uh, how were your legs afterwards? How were your legs? Uh, my legs how were your legs absolute afterwards? pieces. I don't... Yeah, absolute pieces. <laughs> I don't think I could have uh, I, I walked uh, further than 100 meters. It was honestly excruciating. I thought my knees were going to break. I thought my ankles were going to fall off. Um, but, you know, we uh, we said we're going to come back and we're going to do one more as a team, uh, maybe next year, do the London Marathon. Um, and we're going we're gonna to do the training yeah. this time. Uh, and hopefully it will be a bit different. But, yeah. yeah, I recommend anyone to do it. Yeah, uh, well done on well done on completing it with uh, very little training and great advice. Is a uh, I'm a runner and uh, I have to train a lot for for various things. I've never done a whole marathon. Maybe it's something for in the future. I've done I, I regularly do half marathons, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of training for that. But your legs afterwards, it's, it's just the old joke of going up and down the stairs or even sitting on the toilet becomes very painful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so hard. I think. Um... I think if people haven't done that kind of challenge though, and you're struggling with anxiety, I think the combination of having a challenge, having goals that you can focus on, combined with the cardio nature yeah. and how you know we've spoke about how that's so beneficial. Mm. Oh, we've lost. Five uh, uh, park run. Yeah. Am I back? Yeah, it's it's a, it's a yeah, you're back. Uh, the exercise thing is very important. I think again, it really does help develop resilience. The neurochemistry alone is worth it, but also, you know, you're connecting with people. You're like in a team, um, especially if you join a class. Um, people regularly talk to me about their mental health um, in the exercise classes I go to, and they said they just can't believe that they feel so much better just by beginning to do some exercise. But the biggest challenge I think people face is actually making that step towards doing exercise, isn't it? But it sounds like you were always motivated to do exercise or was it something that you had to make yourself do? No, I was, I was always um, a relatively sporty person at school. Um, but when I discovered, okay. you know, the healing power of doing extensive amounts of cardio and putting yourself through those you know, grueling sessions, building that mental, you know, power and strength and resilience, and then the benefits of raising your heart rate and then, you know, controlling it back. I think that is, that is unbeatable. Um, and if people haven't done it, I know it's, as you said, it's, it could be quite hard for some people to get into it. Um, an amazing thing, an amazing app. Um, if you've never done any running or anything like that, it's called, I believe it's called couch to 5k and it's got, it's broken down to incredibly yeah. small increments. Um, I helped my mum do it once when I was younger. Um, and it was great really? and it just gets you, gets you moving. It just gets you moving. Um, I hear about that app a lot. Yeah. I would recommend it. Um, I think exercise is absolutely important. I think anxiety needs a holistic approach and exercise is one part of it. What we eat, what we drink and supplements are another part of it. Uh, so what's next for you? What's next for New Mind? Is there anything exciting you at the moment that you want to bring into the business? Um, I think, yeah, New Mind, you know, we're still so new. We're still learning who we are. We're still, you know, getting amazing, uh, talking to amazing customers and getting great feedback and, and pivoting from that. I think our expansion at the moment is into retail. We're speaking to a load of big players um, in the retail sector in the UK, uh, hoping to expand. 
Um, we've just signed an amazing deal with a company whereby we're going to survey the lovely people that come on our website. And we'll, and if they, uh, based on their answers, we'll either tell them supplements is a good idea or medication and see a doctor is a good idea, which we are really good to differentiate the two. Um, they'll be able to get prescription mm, medication yeah. from our website in the next sort of two months, which is important. The uh, amazing probiotic, a new product that hasn't launched yet is coming out. Um, and yeah, we're just trying to continue to develop okay. our brand and develop our education portal, more free information, more tips and tricks on how to reduce your anxiety, beat your stress, live a, live a healthier and happier lifestyle. Um, yeah. Just plodding forward, I guess. Okay. So have you got, okay. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds all very exciting. I like the idea of the probiotics. There's a lot of research being done into gut microbiome and anxiety uh, it's all new science. It'd be interesting to see what comes from that. Um, if you had one piece of advice for someone struggling with anxiety, what would you say? One piece of advice. It kind of depends. It's such a hard question. It depends how far they are in their journey. I think the key things is to put yourself in uh, simply is to understand your anxiety, put your body in, in an optimal position for managing those stresses. Um, do things that scare you and trigger you, but break it down into small, small manageable steps uh, to make it easy for you. Avoid alcohol, smoking, drinking, drugs, sh- avoid sugar. And especially my probably main thing would be if you're a coffee drinker, avoid drinking coffee before you do anything that might trigger you because that is the one way ticket to getting, you know, that heightened state of anxiety. And, you know, it's not ideal. I know. Well, that was my, that was the one thing that we talked about self-sabotage earlier. That was my one thing I struggled to stop doing. I drank coffee all day and in the evening and then wondered why I had anxiety and couldn't sleep. It was a big part of it. Um, thank you so much for your advice. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on to the show as well. Um, if you, uh, as I said, anyone listening to this, uh, if you would like to explore New Mind and their portal and their services, the, the notes, uh, the links will be in their show notes. Um, and if you would like 20% discount off of um, the products, you can use the code Paul20 in the checkout box for your discount. Um, thank you very much, Sam, for coming on to the show. Um, I want to say thank you very much no to worries. everyone listening to the show. Thank you for connecting. Yeah. No, no, it's been great having you on and thank you for sharing your story. Uh, thank you to everyone listening to the show. I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode and make sure you have an amazing day.